0: welcome to our class on chassidus we're going to be learning this week a very special chassidic discourse in the rebbe the name of the chassidic discourse is called by yehi b'shalach just like in the beginning of the torah portion when Paray sent out the jewish people from the land of egypt the rebbe said this chassidic discourse on shabbos parches b'shalach which happened to be that year was on Tu shvat as well it was the 15th day of the month of shvat in the year Tav shin mem zayin exactly 34 years ago so the Rebbe starts off the Hasidic discourse based on the verse in the beginning of the Torah portion where it says, It was when Paroi sent the Jewish people out of the land of Egypt and we became a free people. So the Rebbe brings from Torah, which we know is called the Hasidic Torah portion, the way the Hasidic insight into the Torah portion, and based on other Hasidic discourses as well. And the Rebbe quotes from the prophet Hoshea that says as follows, that in reference to the Jewish people in the land of Egypt, the prophet says, I'm going to plant you into the earth. What does that mean? That means, the Talmud explains, that when someone plants, so for example, you plant a little, a few seeds, but the goal is to have a tremendous abundance. In the word of the Talmud, you plant a uh, a kur, a kav, and the goal is to get out many kurim, many kabim. So the same thing also, the, um, the author explains in Terry and he says that when it comes to the planting of the Jewish people in Gullus, and not only in the Gullus of Mitzrayim, but all exiles, anytime we go into Gullus, because we know that all, all the future exiles after the exile of the land of Egypt is all, in refer- it's all reference to the original Gullus, the Gullus of Mitzrayim. Why is it all reference to the Gullus of Mitzrayim? Because Mitzrayim comes from the word of Metzar. They're trying to make it tough and uh, limiting for the Jewish people. So all exiles have the same idea, spiritually, of the idea of, of the exile of the land of Egypt. But what's the goal? The goal is of all the suffering that we went through in the land of Egypt, and any any future any exile future after the land of Egypt until Mashiach comes, the goal is there should be a tremendous profit, a tremendous abundance, and a tremendous elevation that takes place specifically through going through unfortunately the experience of galus of exile. So based on this. The Rebbe explains, that's what it means, but it says, B'shalach pare when Pari sends the Jewish people out of Egypt. Why? Because when the Jewish people went into the land of Egypt, we know uh, how many people went into the land of Egypt. There were 70 souls that went into the land of Egypt. Akur. A small group of 70 people. But on the other hand, when they went through all the years of Gullah's Mitzrayim, when, when Shalach Pari, when Pari finally sends the Jewish people out of Egypt, there was a tremendous amount, Kamakurim, there was a tremendous amount of Jewish people that left Egypt. And as the verse says specifically, um, in reference to the Jewish people leaving Egypt, what does it say of Ne'e Yisrael, Yeitzim, Beyad Rama? They went out with an outstretched hand, they went out with tremendous abundance and with tremendous success. So again, true. Nobody wants to go to Gullus. Nobody wants to be in exile. But what the what the what the Rebbe is explaining is that through Gullus, the way Hashem made it is that through the exile, through the challenges of exile, we end up leaving with tremendous wealth and tremendous success. In other words, so even though we went down into the land of Egypt, there's no question. It's a, it's absolutely a descent. And it's not only the descent, it's a double descent. And there are quotes in the verse when it says, Yoroi Yoradnu, we went down, we went down. It's a double going down. Exile is not a place to be. It's a, it's a, a descent for the Jewish people, or for anybody. In other words, it's a, it's a going down and going down again, even deeper into Golis. But on the other hand, we go out of Egypt, so the elevation that takes place is even greater. As Hashem says, I will take you out, but even... Higher, you know, you're going to go out doubly as high. And there's Aliyah, Achri, Aliyah, one elevation on top of the elevation. So even though it's a descent and a double descent, but on the other hand, when you have an elevation, it's even higher. And um, so based on this, Rebbe explains, this is why he says, V'yehi v'shalach paroi that Pari took the Jewish people out of Egypt the question is, when he, uh, Pari took the Jewish people out of Egypt Pari is the one that sent them out, Hashem sent them out so why did it say specifically Pari sent them out of Egypt so the Rebbe explains because what happens is like this, we know when it comes to Pari who was the king of the land of Egypt so there's Pari of Le'umazer there's the Pari of the other side of holiness where we had a Yerida, when we went down initially we went down into the Yirida and we went down into the descent of Pari of the soul of Holiness but what happens is the goal is that when we leave Egypt. We should have an elevation to the higher, the spiritual paray, because we know in Kabbalah explained many, many places that paray in a spiritual level is in the level of spariu kol nachuyer loin, which is a reference to tremendous, huge amount of revelation, or godly revelation. So, in other words, in paray there was the paray when we went down to Egypt, which was the opposite of holiness. But then by Yibushalch paray, so we're not referring to the same paray; we're referring to the holy paray that we had the tremendous revelation that took place. By Yitzchias and as the Rebbe quotes from the uh, Torah, where it says when when Yosef was gathering all the wealth, so it says they gave one fifth to pari and uh, we all know. What in, so, on a simple level, they gave him a fifth. But according to Kabbalah, it's referring to the fifth level, which is a very very high level. Which that level um, was 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 only revealed to Pari. and that's what we got when we left Egypt. The level of Pari, the high level of Pari. And the Rebbe says this same thing also applies in that reference to all the revelations, which is a reference to the revelations of going out of Egypt. In other words, that the purpose of going into Gullus, the purpose of any descent is for the ascent. Not only just a regular ascent, but the huge ascent that comes afterwards. And... The Rebbe explains, just like when going into Gullus, the whole purpose is to have a tremendous prophet comes afterwards. So the same thing also, we all know, that's the physical Gullus. But every single one of us have an neshama and have a guf, have a soul and have a body. The soul was on high with Hashem. The soul came down into our body, which is a yurida. It's a downgrade. Can you imagine the soul is sitting with Hashem, the infinite Hashem, and you're sending him down on a mission to our body? That's a tremendous yurida for the soul. But on the other hand by going down into the body, it's able to elevate not only the body, but the soul gets elevated as, as as well. And what? how do we get elevated? By doing our the spiritual work. What's our spiritual work? By learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Then we're able to reach a very, very high level of an aliyah, very high level of an elevation. So in other words, when the neshama comes down into this world, it's a yuridah. But what's the purpose of the yurida? Not to remain that way, but on the contrary. We should elevate the physical world and elevate the soul as well. So in other words, since every yurida causes a tremendous aliyah, so when you're going through the yurida... What should you focus on? The fact that it's a yurida, it's only gonna get you it's only gonna get you f- further down. If you're gonna focus on the descent, it's only gonna get you further down. But when you're going through the challenges and the struggles of life, you have to realize guess what? It is a struggle, it is a challenge, it is difficult, but the reward is gonna be huge. And when you think about the reward is gonna be huge. So therefore the Rebbe says, and this is very, very key, this is one of the main points in the Siddic discourse. So since the avoido the work, whether it's learning Torah, doing mitzvahs and praying or any other struggle you're trying to overcome. But again, in buried within the struggle is the potential for the tremendous success, which is going to have to happen afterwards. So there is therefore self understood that our, 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 our spiritual work has to be done in a way of I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate it. Simcha, the levav. You have to do it with happiness and with gladness of heart. So even though you're going through a struggle, even though we're struggling, whether it's learning, praying, doing mitzvot or whatever, whatever struggle you're going through. But again, the struggle is for tremendous reward that's going to come right afterwards. So how should you, how should you be dealing with a struggle? The way you deal with the struggle is exclusively with simcha, with joy, and gladness of heart. Now, what happens is, so when a person basically says the default setting is whatever I'm going through, when it's great, I'm happy. When it's, I'm struggling, I'm happy. When it's easy, I'm happy. When it's difficult, I'm happy not only external happiness internal happiness leivav, my heart feels calm and peaceful so what happens is the rebbe says sometimes when you're experiencing constant joy and constant happiness and you're in a state of real simcha and real leivav, it's possible that you can come to a level of simcha which is not appropriate because we all know everything in life is pros and cons so there's there's godly simcha And there's simcha, which is not necessarily godly simcha. So if a person's always in a state of simcha, you can end up having simcha from the wrong reasons and from the wrong places. So what happens then? So we need Hashem to help us to make sure that our simcha should be from Hashem, not God forbid from strange places. Whatever the strangest places can be, everyone knows their own areas where they get simcha, where it's inappropriate to get it from. So the Rebbe says, that's why the Torah says, when Hashem sent us out, It means we're happy because we're getting this tremendous reward, which is supposed to be a lesson while we're going through the struggle, that we have to be happy, but we're afraid that what? That you're going to get Simcha from the wrong places. So therefore the verse says, (speaking) HaShem didn't let us go through the land of Plishtim. We all know it's a shorter route. Why not? And the answer is because Plishtim spiritually is a reference to, I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, an open path. What means an open path? them spiritually, it's an open path. What means an open path? It means there's no there's no there's no boundaries, there's no limitations, there's no um there's nothing that's creating a border or, or any restrictions on it. What does that mean spiritually? You can you're referring to simcha joy, which is silliness. And simcha, which is silliness, is not godly, is not holy. So Hashem didn't want us to have open simcha, which is coming, could God coming from the wrong places and lead to the wrong places. So therefore Hashem put in the bound, ba- that, uh, he didn't, he didn't allow us to go direct. plishem, and he put us through a path that we should have limits and boundaries, so the simcha should be coming from the right places to the right places. Now, why? Because since our spiritual work we do how? Exclusively, we are 24-7 happy. We are 24-7 with gladness of heart. So you need to have Hashem to help us and Hashem to guide us. That we should, God forbid, not fall into the path of derech, eretz plishtim, where the simcha can come and go to the wrong places. Where, In other words, there shouldn't be an idea of plishtim of lumaza of the opposite of holiness. Now, so what happens then is, so you're saying is one second. On one hand, you tell me I should be happy. On one hand, you're telling me it should be tuvlevav. I should be, my heart should feel excited and elated. But now you're saying you gotta be careful. So in other words, you're putting a limit to my simcha. Because if you go without limits and boundaries, was, no, 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 to make it clear, God forbid the simcha that we have should be without any limits. Holy simcha should be without any limits. In other words, our simcha has to be without any limits. And on the contrary, we have to have simcha beyond limits. No limits. Nothing should hold us back. We should have the most highest level of, 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 of simcha of joy. But nevertheless, there has to be plishtim of kadusha. We have to have limits and boundaries which are holy. And there's what kind of boundaries are holy? Above nature. Above above anything. No limits. But they should be holy. They should be holy. It be a holy simcha. In other words, in the world of kedusha, the simcha should be infinite. Obviously, it should not be. It shouldn't exist in the world of the opposite of holiness. We don't want to go there. So the plishna means Hashem didn't allow us to go off and veer off in a place which is not holy. But in the world of holiness, simcha should be without limits. And in fact, that's why it says when they left the land of Israel, the land of Egypt. Where were they going to? They're going to the land of Israel. What is the land of Israel called? It's called the Eretz Toiva Urechava, the good land, the happy land. Urechava means it's wide no boundaries in the land of plishton which is the opposite of holiness don't go there because that's going to give you an exposure to areas which is the opposite of holiness but in kedusha in the tisrael which is basically no you know is a land that god watches over it a holy place over there to be without limits not only without limits but without limits literally without limits without any limits. I'll say it in Hebrew. We should experience simcha without limits, whether life is going good, and life is you're going through challenges or struggles, it's tough, it's not easy. But guess what? Simcha should always be there. What kind of simcha? A simcha of Kedusha, a simcha of holiness. <clears throat> not only that, the Rebbe says, take it a step further. What's the ultimate of simcha? The ultimate of simcha is, which have, doesn't have a limit, is a simcha that is no that, it's not like there's, you have an opposition, you have a struggle, and you're experiencing simcha, and therefore you're busy with the simcha. No, you're in such a level with it, where there's no opposition whatsoever. It's only, it's only good. It's only godly. It's only the happiness. There is no opposition whatsoever. You're only dealing with, with godliness. And like there are brings from the, um, from the, uh, Hasidic teachings of the Mittler Rebbe, when we learned about the idea of the B'Shalom Nashi, where it says in Psalms, where, where, where it says that you redeem my soul in peace because so he's the, the middler explains what's the whole idea of shalom of peace when there's no opposition whatsoever because if there's opposition you have to overcome it that's great that's wonderful but if there's no opposition that's the highest level of peace now when is that going to be the highest level when there's not going to be any opposition when the world is going to be full of drama free only peace and happiness obviously in the highest level that's going to be when Mashiach comes. As the verse says, when, when Mashiach comes, it's going to be peaceful, it's going to be quiet, which is basically the, the true level of peace. Now, even though this this expression that, it's, that was peaceful and uh, quiet in his days referring to the days of King Solomon, but obviously it, refri- it refers for sure when Mashiach is going to come as well. And especially as the Rambam writes that the Mashiach comes from the ancestry of King David and King Solomon as well. So the Rebbe recaps and he says like this. That's the that's the Chassidic insight to the big opening of this week's Torah portion where it says, By He Bashalach Pari sends the people out, and he didn't allow us to go into the place of Plishtim, which means you knows after we were unfortunately in the land of Egypt, and we had a tremendous descent, we were in Gullus, Then we come to the ultimate elevation of Paroi sends us out and we experience we're doing it with tremendous simcha with tremendous joy and we come to a place of joy without any limits and hashem doesn't allow us to get lost in the, the distraction of plishtim in the, in silliness and uh, pettiness etc where there's no opposition whatsoever but we're going to have the ultimate of peace just like it's going to be like when mashiach comes so on this idea of the ultimate of peace is going to explain a little more in depth what does it mean the ultimate of uh, peace so he starts off with an introduction Where the Rambam writes at the end of um, the book uh, of the Rambam where he speaks of the laws of kings he says as he says as follows that the Chachamim the wise people the prophets when they envisioned and they dreamt of the days of Mashiach why did, why did they dream of the days of Mashiach days of Mashiach coming what was their purpose so so the Ramah writes that, that what, what they are dreaming of is that they want to be able to be free, to learn Torah, to learn the wisdom of Hashem, and in a time when Mashiach comes, there's not going to be any war, there's not going to be any famine, there's not going to be any jealousy, there's not going to be any competition, and there's going to be such tremendous amount of good in the world. And all the delicacies, all the materialism is going to be just like you see the sand, unlimited amount of sand on the earth. That's the way it's all materialism is going to be. It's going to be totally available. So what are people going to be doing all day? No one has to work. Everything you're going to need, you're going to have. So the people are going to be busy. Just like you're busy in work to make money, people are going to be busy with what? One thing only. das es a Vad. People are not going to have any distractions. Not going to have to worry about any parnasa, a livelihood, making money, or dealing with anything in the world. They're going to be busy knowing Hashem elvad, l'das is Hashem elvad. That's what they're busy with. And since they're going to be busy a whole day with lush l'das is Hashem, so the ramam writes. Therefore, there's going to be tremendous, great, wise people. They're going to know the secrets of the Torah. They're going to understand the depth. Of Hashem as much as a human can 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 understand, and, he, and the Raman quotes the verse and he says, because when Mashiach comes, it's going to be Mallah ha'aretz deyes Hashem. The whole world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem, Kamayim Just like the water covers everything up, so the whole world will be covered, will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem. So the Rebbe says that what is the ultimate goal of when Mashiach comes? That there should be true peace. No war, like the Ramah writes. No war, no jealousy, no competition. The only thing we're going to want to do is that's Hashem. We're not, everyone's going to get along. The only thing we're going to have one, one, one mission, one vision. How do we know Hashem a little more quantitatively and qualitatively deeper? And the, and the Rebbe says this replies to kolboyalem. Everybody, Jews and non-Jews alike. Everybody's going to want to know Hashem more. Now, there is a difference, Rebbe says, the, the, the level of understanding that a, that a non-Jew will reach and a Jew will reach. And he says like this, a, a regular person will be able to understand God on a level of, and I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, memali He'll know God the way God is felt and available in this physical world. On the other hand, the Jewish person will be able to know the hidden secrets of Hashem and be able to know the level of of Kalalmin, the level of God which hovers over the world, which doesn't which is too powerful to come into the world. Now, by this type of knowledge, that means everybody's gonna to want to know Das Hashem, whether it's the non-Jews in the level of Malakalalmin or the Jews in the level of Saiv Through that we're gonna have true peace in the world. And like there are quotes in the Raman, the Raman says that the serving, the serving Hashem is going to be in a way that everyone together is going to, everyone's going to gather in a unified way. Unity is going to be key, A, amongst the Jewish people, and B, amongst the whole world. And as the Raman quotes the verse in, in Prophets where it says, I'm going to transform the whole world, they're going to have one language. What's the one language? We're all going to call one Hashem. We're all going to serve Hashem together. Everyone's going to serve Hashem together. And the Rebbe explains, the Rebbe explains this as follows. And he says like this. What does the Rebbe write? That what's going to happen with Mashiach comes. How is it that the whole world is going to serve Hashem together? On the same way. So Rebbe says like this. Because the Rambam writes, what's going to happen with Mashiach comes, It's going to be, l'adas es Hashem, to know Hashem. Now, it's interesting, what term does he use? He uses the term, das. Now, what does das mean? So we know in the Sfirot, there's 10 Sfirot. There's Chachma, Bina, Das, the three intellectual Sfirot. And then there's the seven emotional Sfirot. Chach, Netzach, and Malchus. But what Sfirot does the Rambam use? He doesn't say Chachma. He doesn't say Bina or any of the emotional, Chesed, He uses specifically the idea of Das. Everyone is going to be Das as Hashem. The way we're going to relate to Hashem is not through Chesed, not through Gvura, not through Tveras, any of the emotional spheres, not through Chachma, not through Bina, specifically through Das. True, we're going to use all the spheres, but the primary force is specifically Das. Why specifically Das? So the so the Rebbe brings from the Altar Rebbe in Tanya where he explains what is the idea of das, what is the practicality of the sphere of das. Remember, Rebbe says like this: Das is an expression of hiskashrus, a connection. The hiskashrus when you when you become unified, when you become connected, what does that mean? That you're taking your das, your intellect, and you're connecting it in a very very strong and deep connection as the the author uses the expression in other words probably a modern term would be a deep meditation a deep intellectual connection not just because you can know knowledge and not be connected to it you can know things you don't believe in you can know things you don't agree with that means you're connected to it You can relate to it, you feel it, you understand. I'm talking feeling, intellectual feeling, not emotional feeling. So Das is a deep intellectual connection. Now, so the Altebra writes, so what is the power of Das? The power of Das is it gives you a deep intellectual connection to the idea you're thinking about. And the idea you're connecting with through the Das. And therefore the Altebra writes, because Das is so powerful... So, therefore, das is what creates and maintains the emotions. In other words, let's say, for example, you're thinking about something. It could be love or awe. Whatever you're thinking about, the love, if it's a love thing, the love is going to only get stronger. If it's an awe thing, that's going to get stronger. So, for example, if you have in front of you, there's a wall. Behind the wall, there's a ferocious lion. And you don't know about it. Are you going to be afraid? No. But on the other hand, all of a sudden someone picks up the veil and you see it through a glass. Now you're going to be nervous. Why? Because you see it. Das is the intellectual connection that will create emotions. Which emotions? So you have either Ava, if you're thinking about it in a loving way, it will create the emotions of love, and all the branches that come off the idea of love, and then also it creates either Yira, which is Or, and everything that comes from Yira. So Ava in Yira is not just born on its own. It's born based on Das. The greater the Das, and if you're thinking about love, that's the greater the love it's going to be. The greater the Das, unfortunately, in, a, in, in Yira, that's the greater the year is going to be. Now, so Das breeds Ava, and Das breeds Yira. Let's take it a step further. Ava, when you love, let's a like, case where Hashem, so knows Das, you start meditating about Hashem, how great He is, how amazing He is, how Hashem created the world, maintains the world, He gives us our life, and so on and so forth. What does that develop? A tremendous love for Hashem. What does that to develop? A tremendous offer Hashem. So, the more das, the more we meditate in Hashem, the more we're going to have a love for Hashem, the more we're going to have an offer Hashem. Now, what happens when you have a tremendous love for Hashem? What happens when you have a tremendous offer Hashem? So, the love will create the ability and the want and the desire to fulfill every one of the 248 positive commandments. On the other hand, the Yirah is going to create the ability and the desire not to transgress from any of the 365 negative commandments. So again, just to recap, so that's the altar explains is the power that allows you to connect and by connecting that creates the love and the awe. And once you create the love and the awe, the love will create you the ability to want to and continue to do the 248 commandments, or the Yira will get you to do the 306, stay away from God for transgressing the 369 commandments. So if you want to work it backwards, if you want to be able to do all the mitzvahs and you don't want to transgress, make sure the love and the awe is flowing. And in order to make sure the love and the awe is flowing, make sure you're meditating. You're using Das. So it starts with Das and ends with the action. Now, <clears throat> so, based on this, what does Jerobar explain? What do we say? What happens when Mashiach comes? It's going to be, what are we people busy busy with? Because they are not going to have anything to do. We're not going to have to work. We're not going to, everything's going to be available. Anything materialism we need is going to be available. So what are we going to be doing the whole day? We're going to be doing Ladas Hashem. Now, th- so what do we, so when you, when a person's busy a whole day, Ladas, meditating on Hashem, and Hashem's greatness, <coughs> And it's going to be complete because you're not going to have any distractions. So you're going to have tremendous love for Hashem when Mashiach comes. Tremendous awe for Hashem. And therefore you're going to be busy learning Torah. You're going to be doing mitzvahs. But not just doing learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. You're going to do it complete. Because das is going to be strong. If das is strong, Avanyir is going to be strong. If Avanyir is going to be strong, doing the mitzvahs is going to be strong. So that is, so to speak, for a Jew, will do all the 613 commandments. For, let's say, a non-Jew, that doesn't have an obligation to do 630 commandments, but he's going to be thinking with Das of Hashem, he's going to love Hashem, he's going to be in awe of Hashem, he is going to fulfill every one of those seven Noahide commandments, complete. Why? Because the Das is going to be strong, and the Das creates the love and the awe, which will create the ability to do all the mitzvahs. So therefore, so since the whole world We'll be doing what? Ladas is Hashem. That means the whole world will have love for Hashem. The whole world will have year for Hashem. Therefore, the whole world will be busy doing the mitzvahs they have to do. If it's for the Jews, the 248 positive, the 365 negatives, all the 630 commandments. And for the non-Jews, the seven Noahide laws. And because we're going to be busy just serving Hashem, so we're going to have trial peace. Shechem We're going to serve one Hashem. All focused on Hashem. So, Deborah asked a simple question. That's great. It's amazing. That's what's going to happen. But, Deborah's asking, how is it possible that the whole world will have Yadiyah's Hashem knowing Hashem? The whole world? Jews, non-Jews, adults, children. I mean, that's a, that's a tall order. And we're saying it as a given. I mean, Das, you have to, Das, you have to meditate. I mean, is that gonna, it's going to happen by a snap of a finger? How does that work? And the, the Rebbe says, he explains this based on what the Rambam writes in the beginning of the Rambam, and he says something very powerful, and he says like this. The Rambam writes right in the beginning of his book of the other Khazaka, he says as follows, ha HaYisoyedos, foundation of all foundations. So there's foundations, but this is ha HaYisoyedos. This is the foundation of all foundations. That's point number one. Point number two, the Amud the beam of all intellect and all wisdom is, so it's a foundation and it's the basis of the beginning of all intellect, the foundation, the strength of all the intellect, Leda, to know, Sheyesham, that there is, Matsui Rishon. There is a first primordial being, there's the first existence that existed. Now this primordial being, kol nimsa, this first being creates everything that comes afterwards now therefore the Raman, and spells it out everything that exists from the heaven to the earth and everything in between it means heaven, earth, everything in between which basically means everything and as the Raman writes more specific literally even a small fly which is somewhere in the earth all comes from the truth of that existence now, so knows what's drama writing that anything that exists, and we say anything, we mean literally anything. Where does it come from? It comes from the Amitis which is the truth of real of the existence, which is referring to Hashem. And the Raman goes into tremendous depth, in, and he's very, very specific. It refers to all the heavens and all the earth and all the anything. I mean, it, he spells it out. Not only all the Galgalim, all the uh, skies and heavens, etc. But even in this physical world, we know this physical world, everything is made up of a component, a composite of four elements. Fire, wind, water, and earth. So every one of these elements come from Hashem. So therefore, everything that exists comes from Hashem. That means everything comes from Amitisi Matsai, From this primordial being. That causes everything to exist, everything comes from the true, the true oneness of Hashem. Now, based on this, the Rebbe explains, what we ask, how is it possible everyone's gonna know Hashem? The Rebbe answers very simple. What did the Rambam write? Everything, every existence comes, exists from, from that Amitisi Matze, from Hashem. So therefore, if you look at anything in the world, Human, non-human, physical, spiritual, anything—fire, water, earth, air—anything from any of these four elements. That, that any combination of it. What is the true existence of everything? Amiti Hashem. So therefore, when you know you're thinking about Hashem, are you thinking about something external of yourself? We have, let's go learn about this God. Learn about the God. We wouldn't be if not for God. So since we would not be if not for Hashem, is it hard to know Hashem? If not Hashem, I wouldn't be. So I am here because of Hashem. You are here because of Hashem. Everything is here because of Hashem. So it's not like we have to learn about this power. The power is us. We exist because of the power. So because we exist because of the power, therefore it's very easy to know know Hashem. (laughs) This is who, th- everything that exists is Hashem. You don't have to go far. It's right in your backyard or in your front yard, wherever you are, everything is from Hashem. So because everything is from Hashem, it's very easy to know Hashem. And once we know, it, let's bring it back, once you know Hashem, therefore you love Him. Or you're in awe, and you're in awe of Him. And therefore you're willing to do any of the mitzvahs that you're supposed to be doing. So all going be we're all going to be doing, knowing Hashem, which is very easy because that's who we are and that's what's how we're here therefore we're going to love hashem we're all going to be in awe of hashem and we're all going to do the mitzvah of hashem and we're not going to transgress anything we're not we shouldn't be doing so therefore we're all going to be you we're going to be unified real unity and the Rebbe finishes off and says he wishes it should happen very very quick can you imagine how everyone's going to recognize that who who is their creator and if everyone's going to love hashem Everyone's going to get along. Everyone's going to be happy. Peace and happiness, the two biggest gifts we can have. So, Rabbi said It should be the wish that should happen very, very quick. And it should be fulfilled, the promise the Rama writes about. In other words, the physical tremendous gifts that madanim offer—that all the treasures that people spend the time and energy and resources to obtain—it's going to be just like the the earth on the ground. All the treasures are going to be all over the place. That's on a physical level. And like the Ramah writes in the laws of tshuva, the laws of repentance, <clears throat> that the reason why Hashem is all of a sudden going to make this tremendous abundance—that anything you need, physical. Uh, uh, whether it's a need, whether it's a, an enjoyment, whether it's a treasure, whether it's diamonds, jewelries, whatever it may be, the reason why it's going to be totally available so that we won't have any distractions. We won't have any needs or concerns that's not fulfilled automatically right away. Why? So that you can be busy just knowing Hashem. So that is our wishes that we should have the the, the physical wealth that we need so we can be busy just focus on Hashem. Also, we should have the spiritual gifts, the spiritual treasures. What's the spiritual treasures? That of Mallah, Day as Hashem, that the whole world be, will know the Hashem, know Hashem, Das, will know Hashem. That the, the idea of Hashem is truth will be revealed to everybody. And as the verse says, by Yoimahu, in that day, Yea Hashem Echad, Shmayachad, Hashem, the infinite Hashem, and though we call Hashem, which is a lower level, it's all gonna be one. We're all gonna see that it's really all one. And like, like, it says, like, like it says in the Talmud, because we know Hashem is written, Yudke Vavke. We don't say Yudke Vavke, we say Adonai. So, why? Because that's an infinite level, and this is what we can handle. But it's, it's all gonna be the same thing. The way he's written, the way, it's, the way the way, the way we say it, it's all gonna be the same thing. As the verse says, la Hashem we're gonna ha- see that the real king is the infinite God. V'nigla, the nigla, another verse says, the nigla, kvoid, Hashem, Hashem will be revealed. Every single flesh, the flesh, the physical world is gonna see. The one really speaking, the one that really has the power to speak is Hashem. And like it says in the uh, Shiro, which is part of this week's Torah portion, where it says, "Hashem Yimloi Hashem will be the King forever and ever. And it's like it says before that in the in the shira Migdash Adinai yodecha, that the holiness of Hashem is uh, everything comes from the holiness of Hashem, was which Hashem made with His own hands, which ultimately Hashem will give us and build for us the building of the third temple, and it shall happen speedily in our days. So as you can see, it's a beautiful Hasidic discourse, because A, it teaches us two powerful lessons. One is that even through our struggles and our challenges, we have to remember the purpose is for the tremendous gain. And because it's all about the ultimate great gain, we have to be happy. That's first of all. And the second thing is, which is really, really important, that we have to have true unity. Because ultimately, the, old, the whole goal of, of, of the creating the world is we should have true achdas, which obviously will be all revealed when Mashiach comes. But we can start living it today by realizing that everything comes from Hashem, everything is for, is from Hashem, and as we meditate on the greatness of Hashem, we'll have love for Hashem, we'll have awe for Hashem, and it will allow us the ability to do, and all, uh, to learn Torah and do all the mitzvahs with tremendous love and joy and happiness. Have a great and blessed week, and let's hope, our next year, we'll give together in Yerushalayim, Ir Hakoidish. Have a great and blessed, happy week.